When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our one podcast. This might be college football. We have made it to the weekend or as close as you can possibly make it. For many of you, probably the weekend is underway. Thanks for being here. On a Friday, yes, we've already said that. Let's get to it. A lot happening, a lot of news out there, a lot of uh, guests to get in. We'll talk to Brat a little bit later on. We haven't heard from him. He's got a prediction on uh, some of your favorite teams, including where Alabama is going to end up. But we have guests waiting, and we will get to all of them immediately. Top of the show is Blake Topmeyer from the USA Today Network, writing about uh, where we are in college football, the new proposal, and uh, are we going to make that jump? Blake, thanks for the time. As always, we, we begin the Friday afternoon talking about the future of the college football playoff. That has been the theme of the week. Good afternoon. Tell us about it. Yeah, it's interesting, Paul. We went through many, many years of trying to figure out what the future format of the college football playoff would be, uh, negotiating and debating on all sides. And, and finally, uh, the, the, the agreement was struck to have this 12-team college football playoff. And now how many years are we going to have it for, right? Maybe just two years until the end of this current contract. This was, uh, I think, really predictable um, as conference commissioners uh, try to put their thumb on the scale, try to earn more revenue and access for their leagues, in particular talking about the SEC and the Big Ten. I mean, like I said, I really felt like it was probably the most predictable thing in the world that before the 12-team playoff even arrives, uh, the so-called Power Two uh, are trying to find ways in which they can get uh, even more access, even more revenue out of the college football playoff. And we've seen this before, right? Greg Sankey is uh, the most influential commissioner in college sports, maybe the most influential figure in college sports. And during the last round of playoff negotiations, Sankey made it very clear. He did not want an eight-team college football playoff. He wanted to stick at four or go to 12. He got his way. He got 12. Then whenever the Pac-12 crumbled, Sankey went on your show very early and said, what are we going to do with the Pac-12's bid? It was obvious he wanted to reduce the number of automatic qualifiers. He got his way again. He usually does. And so my question is, what does Greg Sankey want? Because whatever he wants, he's probably going to get in this next playoff format. You know, it's interesting, Blake, because uh, you are trying to do some linkage, as many others are, to what we saw in Dallas this week with with Greg Sankey uh, and the Big Ten joining hands. Uh, Sankey this afternoon uh, was in Columbia, South Carolina, meeting with the trustees there, and he talked about uh, the relationship with the Big Ten as, as really doing more than anything trying to shrink the room, meaning you have fewer people trying to make the big ticket item decisions. Uh, I understand what he was referring to today dealt more with legal issues down the road, but I want to expand a little bit to what you just said. What and how does the Big Ten and the SEC benefit 
by what they were talking about in Dallas this week? Uh, other than is it is it just the money, or or is it the access? Well, I think it's a combination of both, and I don't disagree with Greg Sankey and what he's saying about some of those big ticket issues. I, th- I think you know this is an opportunity for those two conferences to kind of chew gum and walk, right? Like they can they can try to tackle some of these big ticket issues that we're talking about, some of the ongoing antitrust situations. Uh, the college athlete em- employment model, what's that going to look like? You know, that's all happening over on one hand, uh, but I don't for a second believe that the, the SEC and the Big Ten are not also going to be looking out for themselves uh, when it comes to playoff access, when it comes to playoff revenues. Um, you know, we a- again, you go back to every step of this process, uh, Greg Sankey has looked out for the SEC. That's what he's employed to do. I'm not criticizing for him for that. He's very, very effective at it, and he's very good at, at, at using the leverage he has uh, to get what he wants. If we think back two years ago, uh, Sankey, I think very cleverly, floated the idea of the SEC just conducting its own playoff. He, he spoke about that at SEC spring meetings in 2022, uh, that was before the 12-team playoff model had been approved, and there was still talk uh, of an eight-game of an eight-team playoff. I think that sent the message that if the SEC didn't get what it wanted, it was willing to take its toys and go play in its own sandbox. Uh, now I don't think that's what Greg Sankey really wanted. I don't think that's what the SEC wants. Um, but again, he's very, very good at asserting his power and his leverage uh, and his influence to carve out systems that are great for his conference. So uh, what would be even better than this five plus seven format uh, for the SEC? I think the talk of, of going to 14 teams, um, two additional bids, that's two additional bids that are probably up for grabs for the SEC uh, or the Big Ten. And I think we all know that if it goes to 14 teams, that's probably just a, an interim stopgap before it goes to 16 teams. But I said all along, Paul, I don't totally buy this idea that's been floated by some that the SEC and the Big Ten want to completely break off and stage their own playoff. I don't think they really want to do that. And I don't know that they need to do that because they're going to be able to put their thumb on the scales, I think, to, to the degree to which they're going to get the access and the revenue distribution to keep them satisfied to remain in the CFP system, but it's going to tilt so heavily toward the SEC and the Big Ten's favor. It's almost going to be like they have their own playoff, but they don't have to fully break away to do it. Like, let's talk about the other leagues for a second, uh, because the Pac-12 uh, is gone, and you know, the, that president of Florida at Washington State, Schultz, uh, you know, continues to run his mouth. But he got he got a sock stuck in it this week by most accounts at, at the CFP meetings. But, you know, you got your mark, who's pretty well respected uh, from his background. I mean, the, the, the Big 12 survived, which was about the best outcome they could have. I ask you, I say all this to ask you about the ACC, which seems to be spending as much time in court these days as it is on the court. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think the the home run for the ACC, the Hail Mary that I'm still not convinced is going to happen, but that they could really benefit from is to get Notre Dame in, into the conference as, as a full-fledged member. Um, what, what that would mean for restructuring, you know, the media rights agreement for the ACC, I'm sure it would be a boon on that front, and it might help calm the waters a little bit. But, you know, that's maybe the magic answer for the ACC, but that's been an answer that the ACC is been hoping for for how long now and and still Notre Dame uh, clings to its independence and you know this upcoming playoff format for however long it lasts probably just two years uh, doesn't necessarily favor Notre Dame in that you have to be in a conference to get an automatic bid 
uh, or yeah, to get an automatic bid and to get a first round buy, meaning Notre Dame won't be eligible for that. But we've seen time and again that Notre Dame favors its independence above all else. Um, and I don't really see that changing necessarily in this moment, just because, you know, the playoff rules uh, now suddenly tilt away from them. Well, first of all, we don't even know how long this, this playoff is going to last, as we've been talking about. It could just be two years for this particular playoff format. So I don't know that there's enough to push Notre Dame into the ACC, uh, but if, if the ACC is looking for from some sort of you know gift from the heavens, if you will, uh, it would be the Irish coming in as a, as a full-fledged member, I think. Like if, if I could get to uh, the field for a second, <laughs> um, because we're about to, uh, we're not, not yet, we have uh, March Madness, but we're, we're not that far from spring ball. And uh, it, it was, I was talking to somebody yesterday about this, and Nick Saban shows up in Tuscaloosa over the weekend, and it seems like he's, everywhere he goes, he sucks the air out of the Kalen DeBoer train. And I, and I know how you, how you feel about DeBoer, and I think we all agree it was a, it was a really good choice, but... Um, Curious what you think about where he is right now. It's a little better than it was a month ago, but where 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 is this train going? Yeah, I would have felt a little bit more comfortable about Kalen DeBoer's first season if if he would have been able to get Ryan Grubb as offensive coordinator uh, on board for more than what about twelve hours or whatever it was. <laughs> you know, I I don't think that dooms the the Kalen DeBoer era, but I do think it it puts him a little bit you know, more behind the eight ball uh, here in year one. And, and so does the schedule. Uh, I mean, even when, when we thought Nick Saban was going to be the coach this year, we were already talking about uh, how stiff this schedule looks like for Alabama. So I, I do think um, that the deck is a little bit stacked against Kalen DeBoer in his first season. What does that look like? I mean, I don't think that looks like a complete catastrophe by any means. There's still a lot of talent in Tuscaloosa, but I don't think that um, you know, the, 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 the roster is stacked in quite the way we're accustomed to. And I do think there could be some growing pains uh, for a first-year coach in a new conference who now, you know, didn't have his, uh, his trusted aide, Ryan Grubb, uh, alongside him calling his offense. So, yeah, I think there could be year one growing pains, to be sure. You alluded to the saving factor as well. I've kind of gone back and forth on this. Like, is, is it an advantage – to have Nick Saban still having an office on campus, still being such a large presence. And the reality is, you know, Nick Saban was going to be a large presence whether or not he did keep an office on, on campus. There, you know, it's just, you're, you're not going to be able to completely put him out, out to pasture just because he uh, retired. And I think it still can work. I think Nick Saban can be an asset for Kalen DeBoer. I think it's, it's very, very tricky though. Um, and there's got to be a lot of respect on both sides. And, and, and at least, by all appearances so far, I think the parties involved are trying to respect that, but still um, you can try to respect it as much as you want. And, and Nick Saban is, is going to be the guy in Alabama until Kalen DeBoer proves that he can be the guy. And, and again, I think when you look at the situation that Alabama faces in year one, it, it might be a little bit of a rocky start out of the gate for Kalen DeBoer. As you said, I still think he's the right guy. I think he's going to prove that. Uh, but folks in Alabama are maybe going to have to learn at least a small dose of patience, uh, which I know is something that they, they were not accustomed to uh, as long as Nick Saban was the coach. Before you go, Blake, what's, uh, what's going on with the Tennessee NCAA case? Yeah, not much at, at the moment. I mean, I think we're still kind of waiting uh, on the court situation to play out uh, because one does affect the other, right? I mean, we have this lawsuit that the states of Tennessee and Virginia have brought uh, against the NCAA, and 
you know, it's separate but also connected to the the investigation, uh, from the NCA investigation of Tennessee on the uh, the NIL front. So uh, until we get you know a, a court ruling. Uh, you know, in terms of the uh, the preliminary injunction uh, on the lawsuit, I think that sort of kind of hits the freeze button uh, on everything else. You know, it, the, the stakes are pretty clear. Tennessee wants the injunction. If they don't get the injunction in that lawsuit, they're going to go for uh, obviously a victory uh, in the overall case. Um, and they could still get part two without getting part one. But if they get part one, if they get the injunction, um, that works in their favor. That works against the NCAA. Uh, and it would sort of kneecap uh, the NCAA's uh, investigation. Uh, if they don't get the injunction, that's a feather in the NCAA's cap. And, and I think it could embolden them uh, to proceed forward with this. Great stuff, Blake. Always appreciate your time. Blake Topmeyer, one of the absolute best out there from USA Today. He is not alone uh, among our guests today. We will uh, talk to the Brat coming up here in the next hour. Yes, Michael Bratton. Brandon Marcello as well. We've already uh, put the uh, lock on the gate for Bratton. That goes for you callers out there as well. You might want to skip that segment, especially Alabama fans. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com slash Paul. That's HIMS.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMSS.com slash Paul. Hardments are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Welcome back in as uh, we continue here on a Friday afternoon. We started with Blake. A number of other guests will be joining us. Hugh starts it off on the phones from Deep Gap. Deep Gap. <laughs> Good afternoon, Paul. Hey there. Um, I want to kind of change the frame of some of the discussions uh, that we've had in the past few days and maybe deal with... Uh, the big picture. I don't believe there is any way that the major forces in college athletics are going to be able to reconcile the differences 
with some 300 institutions that are much smaller, that have a strong voice in the policies of a regulating body. And, and here's what I'm driving at. Anybody that thinks we're going to get meaningful legislation to cure the problems that we're facing in setting up guidelines for how NIL and transfer portal and the management of money and pay for student athletes, and it's coming as sure as summer will be here, uh, when Johnson v. NCAA is finally finished adjudicating through the courts, kids that play football and basketball at the major college level who have a lot of eyeballs attached to them via the TV screen and those contracts, they're going to get paid money, Paul. And the reality is most of the schools that have a voice maybe a distant one, but a voice in the NCAA are not going to be able to figure in to that type of deal. So here's my thought. If the SEC and the Big Ten's commissioners would get together and kind of get a rough idea about what type of guidelines that most of the ADs and their conferences would like to see on the transfer portal and on name and image and likeness, and once they've kind of got a broad feeling about that, carry it to the commissioner of the ACC and the Big 12 with the idea of forming uh, a, a power collective that would take over not just football, which they already have, but also the NCAA basketball tournament. Do it all. Let's face it, Paul. In those four conferences, if you took half of them, the top half, that would be 90% of the second week of the NCAA. And they can make the rules the way they want it and then ask Congress for some dispensation about antitrust laws. But to ask Congress to draft that legislation, that's crazy as, as a box of rocks. Ain't going to happen. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Hugh. I, I think the real question is uh, what – what do those two leagues want to do? I think there's a, a little more buy-in from maybe the Big 12 than the ACC. But, but ultimately, the real problem here is the NCAA, and you know that, Hugh. The, the well, NCAA. this would put them out of business, well, yeah, Paul, well, well, they if they to, didn't they, have the NCAA tournament. Right. Well, th hey, by the way, thanks for the call, Hugh. They ought to be out of business. For, you you got, a, you got a president of the NCAA who's a politician. He talks out of both sides of his mouth. You've got an enforcement division that is completely imp impotent. Uh, they have no shot at prosecuting anybody. I mean, they act like they do, and they have fancy meetings, and they all get together and talk a big game with their $3,000 words, but nobody cares what they have to say anymore. They're, they're, they're out of, they are out of touch. And to Tennessee's credit, they're about to prove that in court. Uh, the NCAA uh, is still living in a, in, a, in a faraway universe. I mean, Charlie Baker, the head of the NCAA, proposing give every – how much did he propose? Uh, everybody a couple hundred dollars? Um, I mean, are you, are you out of your mind? I mean, right now, uh, SEC teams are losing players to other teams for around a million. Let's give everybody uh, $100, some Girl Scout cookies, and, and some movie passes, and, and maybe a, a, free, uh, a free rental at Blockbuster Video this weekend. I mean, that, that's, that is the world that they live in. And, and I, we all know these people, and I'm not saying they're, they're not bad people. They're 
well-meaning people who remind me a lot of government employees. Uh, and my mother worked for the government. She earned a very paltry living, uh, you know, working for the IRS. Uh, but she also got, out, got every holiday off, guaranteed health insurance. Uh, and that's the NCAA. They're not, ever going to, they're not ever going to work too hard, okay? Let's, uh, let's talk to John in Louisville. Hey, John. Hey, you're, you're aging yourself. Blockbuster? Seriously? Well, I was trying. My, my point was that's the, they live in the blockbuster video world. I know. I'm, I'm going to nominate you. I'm going to nominate you for uh, the next NCAA president. I think he can get some stuff done. Yeah, but you know what, John? Um, I'm not really too concerned about anybody other than my league. Are you? No. In fact, uh, what I get from Blake is the CFP is headed for more money. And more games, particularly for the big two. And that's yeah, that's and, that, right? And by the way, uh, you, you've been around a while. You know, yep. Why, why, did, why is Sweden joining NATO? Because they, <laughs> they want the protection of the big dogs in, in NATO, just like everybody else. Absolutely. Hey, uh, Paul, if you've got a minute, uh, yesterday you mentioned the uh, 79th anniversary of the flag racing Iwo Jima. And I have a very interesting uh story i'll do in 60 seconds um you know like you like yourself i'm a history buff particularly with military history so i had a neighbor who was an iwo jima survivor he landed on iwo jima the first wave he signed the engineering department and uh this mission was to clear the bases and pass for the uh, troops and uh equipment he stayed there some five weeks and uh, when he left he only had about one third of his unit still living but um he said he spent all night awake because the ships would shoot up flares to keep the uh, enemy from coming out of the foxholes. And uh, during the day, it was snipers and mortars. But um, he was asked by a local college to share his experience. This is about 10 years ago. And the night before, he couldn't sleep. And uh, then he canceled it the next day because mm. of the memories. And I'll circle back to that real quick. So, you know, Iwo Jima was an island about halfway between the U.S. airfields and Japan. And uh, the long-range long bomber supplies some 3,000 miles, and they need a halfway point for emergency landings and and also for the fighters that uh, were short-range. So they bombed the island for 30 straight days. They thought they would take it in one week, and instead 7,000 Marines and some 20,000 enemy were killed. But on the fourth day, the Marines planted a U.S. flag on top of Mark, Mount Suribachi. Later in the day, they sent up a larger flag, and that's where Joe Rosenthal happened to turn around and shoot the epic uh, picture. After the picture became famous, the Marines tried to round up the flag raisers but, uh, for a bond drive, but three were dead and uh, three were still living. Uh, Rene Gagnon, who had carried up the replacement flag, identified himself and two others, a medic, uh, medic named Joe Bradley and they have a whole Indian named Ira Hayes. Ira Hayes later identified a dead Marine for another dead Marine, so the six uh, changed again. Now I got further confused when Clint Eastwood's movie uh, Flag of Our Fathers, uh, where uh, it was made about the six flag raisers, and um, the uh, I think it was 2006, and as the costume department put together the uniforms, they realized Joe Bradley, the medic, was not one of the flag raisers because he didn't have the medic packs on. And so they went back to the pictures and the gun hole picture of all of them together, and they replaced 
Joe Bradley with a dead Marine who's in the back of the group, and they moved in a surviving Marine. And then after further forensic review, they replaced Rene Gagnon with another surviving Marine. So I asked our neighbor, I said, how come the two surviving Marines did not step forward? And he said, well, may just wanted to forget the uh, horrible experience. And I think like your father, a lot of citizen soldiers just wanted to come home and get on with life. But I thought that was interesting. That well, I'm glad you said that, Judge. I think, a lot, and, and there's no way I could relate to it, and I know you couldn't either, other than your friends. But uh, nowadays, everybody wants to, uh, you know, sell their their story. But I mean, these, that's why these people were were truly great American heroes. That uh, they they did their job, and then they went home to the country that they uh, had protected. Let's take a short break. Maybe not that short, but. 60 seconds or less. We'll be right back. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition right now get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save that's the number eight s-a-v-e Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Welcome back. As uh, we roll on here, let's get some calls in. And you ready for this, Randy? Yes. Bash is next. <laughs> uh, Bash, brother Paul, code breaker, line crosser. Happy Friday, Randy. Randy glad that you're in the studio. Time, Randy. Let me let me clarify that, Paul. I never said Randy went to Alabama. I uh, only by the said. Way, uh, by the way, Bash, brother, I never said you said he went to Alabama. Yeah, you said all, those all exact you insinuated words was that Randy was a Bama fan. He's not. I that was an insinuation. He's not. I he's not a Bama Wolf. fan, Bash. And you tried to you tried to co-op him as a Bama fan to enrich your cred on this show. And for that, we called you out. That is not even true, Paul. I said roll tide to Randy after you two said it to each other when Nick Saban retired, and we had all these callers coming on the show depressed. Wait, and uh, said, uh, hold on a second, Bash. Can we get John back to retell the story of Iwo Jima? Iwo Jima? What? Are you talking about John from St. Louis? Look, let me ask you a question, Paul. The same question that you asked John yesterday when he accused you of paying callers what evidence do you have that I'm a phony Bama fan? By the way, I want, Other to, uh, than my... I want to uh, mention that for a second. Uh, there's an article uh, right now, Bash, in uh, Athlon Sports. And the headline, and we usually don't do this, but I'm going to. The headline is, 
Feinbaum bluntly responds to accusations of fake callers on his show. This organization did a story based on John's call yesterday from St. Louis. That is the ultimate definition of desperation by that media outlet. There's another, that is there's another media outlet. Let me see which one this is. Uh, hold on. I just, uh, I just got this one. Oh, yeah, BVM Sports, whatever. The headline, the Birmingham Vitamins. Paul, Paul Feinbaum denies accusations of fake callers on the Paul, on the Paul Feinbaum show amid under-the-table claims. It sounds like these are the John questionable has people created that... the modern-day version of Watergate. Right out of his era, of Richard E. Nixon. That is quite astounding. He has literally created his own universe of Richard E. Nixon, uh, and we're all correctly? living in uh, it. Has there been a special prosecutor named? <laughs> is it not Randy? Bash has been named the special prosecutor. Uh, I will. Hey, by the way, Bash, will, uh, what are you what are you studying at uh, Colorado? Other than smoking weed to, and calling the Feinbaum show. I am a student in the school of CMCI, majoring in journalism and minoring in sports media. Oh, my goodness. You're going to go into this profession? I'm scared to death. I didn't want to tell you that, Paul, because I didn't want to be some clout-chasing college kid that just wanted to get on the show just to, I don't know. I haven't done anything yet that has... And even so more, I'll like, sound like, like uh, a guidance counselor, Bash, instead of uh, your your dad. Uh, what ultimately would you like to be doing? Writing. I want to cover sports. I just want to be involved in sports, just in some way, shape, or form. I'm okay. in a point in my life where I'm going back to school in a late stage in my twenties. I was in the healthcare field for the most part, especially during the pandemic, and. Okay. I got burnt out through it, and throughout that time, I needed some uh, some things to, you know, let my mind kind of not be so stressed out. And honestly, Paul, if it wasn't for this show throughout those hectic years, I don't even know if I'd be standing talking to you right now. We appreciate it. By the way, uh, the pandemic, which started four years ago, uh, yes, sir. did a lot of damage to a lot of people. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you got through it, Bash. Thank you, Paul. I definitely can 100% say this. I would not have been able to get through it if this show wasn't on five days a week, four hours a day, every single day. You are the most consistent talk show host that has ever existed, and it is an honor, just like Iman said yesterday. I don't agree with Iman on nearly anything, but when he came back on this show yesterday with the brand-new haircut, hair look, looking spiffy, he came back on and he said pretty much exactly how I feel. I am yeah, privileged like and blessed, Paul. Was that? We're Montgomery guys. We got to get along every now and then. I guarantee you I've met him. He just doesn't remember me. Well, he's probably, uh, probably changed your, your parents' Freon one time. Uh, let me be clear as this. If I saw this man in my house fixing my AC, I would literally be like, Jordan Peele, get out. I would too, Bash. I'd be like, who said? I'd be like, us, the Bammers.
I mean, seriously, when a guy comes to fix your uh, heating and air conditioning, assuming it's broken, do you really care what he looks like? No. Come on in. <laughs> what took you so long? You know what? I will admit, when you're living in the South and your AC has been broken for a few days, you don't care if it's a octopus that walks through the door. You just, just fix the AC, whatever I mean, it takes. I would let anyone in but Jim from Tuscaloosa. Absolutely. Anyone on God's green earth except Jim from Tuscaloosa. Well, Bash, it's great to hear from you. I'm, I'm, I learned a lot from Bash right there. And, and we really, and by the way, uh, the, during the pandemic, which I do not want to respond, really think about much, uh, the show w- was incredibly important to a lot of people, but mostly important to us because it gave us, it gave us something to do. It gave us a job uh, at a time when jobs were being eliminated, and it was a very difficult time for everyone. Uh, Trey is up next. Good afternoon. Hey, Paul, I ain't talked to you all week, and it's uh, because of my NIL check. I hadn't received it in the mail lately, but uh, Randy just assured me they're in the mail and everybody's going to be okay, and he prom- and I promised him I wouldn't enter in the transfer portal, and then I told him I couldn't because there wasn't another show like yours to call in and talk to. So my NIL check's in the mail, and I sure appreciate well, it. Listen, Paul, I, uh, I am going to see what I can do, and, and I, I kind of see where this is going, right? I think we're, we're about to get to that point where we are going to start paying <laughs> callers. And uh, that means one thing. You better perform or we uh, don't pay you. So uh, I agree, Paul. But, hey, Paul, AT&T service failed everyone yeah, what yesterday. about that yesterday? Well, my question is, is that the reason they call Cowboys Stadium AT&T Stadium because yeah. they keep failing everyone? <laughs> I, I, was, I was pretty pleased yesterday. I, I, did, I, I wasn't an AT&T subscriber, but uh, it's all I, fixed today. Yes, sir. Well, uh, on a more serious note, uh, Paul, um, what is your true feelings of what happened with Eli? And because, you know, I think they could have let Eli go one more year and have a, like a farewell tour. I think he deserved it, and I just think it's really uh, heartbreaking. Well, Trey, I'll give you, know, you I'll give you my best ju- my best judgment, and I I'm friends with people on, bo- on, on both sides. First? But but I I was told by by someone that there was a line crossed. I don't know what line that was that made it impossible for the relationship to continue. Well, you know, Paul. I know we all cross lines at times. At hey, but you I know, I think one of the things, and, and it's going on in this country right now, Paul. There's just no loyalty anybody or work or anything anymore. The, the definition of the word loyalty has completely just left this country, uh, and it's about anything that we do, and it, it's a sad state, but. Paul, I hope you have a great weekend. It's 75 degrees down here and sun shining, and I'm really? enjoying it. Take care well, of yourself. That is great news. I wish it was 75 where we are. It was not 75 today. No. Felt like winter. And we are heading to the break, and we hope you'll stick around. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Michael Bratton coming up here in just a minute. We haven't talked to Bratton in a while. Let's check in with Elliot in Ohio. Hey, Paul, thanks for taking my call. I wanted to call about Hughes' comments and just say, look, it's going to be the two. It's going to be Big Ten, SEC. But really more what I wanted to talk about is these accusations of callers being paid. And I think John's right. But, Paul, I think it's just like Michigan. There's a secret booster. And I'm going to give you a hint to see if you can guess who I think that secret booster is. They go by the logo, the greatest show in the world. Can you guess who I think that secret booster is? Who is that? Anybody know? Barnum and Bailey, brother, you got more clowns in a clown car. It's great. It's a circus on your show. That's who's paying everybody. You would never get your hands dirty. You'd use a, you'd use an Uncle T just like Michigan. Once again, Elliot, you 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 bring you bring it. I mean, I mean, I'm always here to bring that's it. That's it. Paul. I mean, that's the end of the conversation. Tie it all together, Big Ten, SEC, everything. It's all going to be tied together. I kind of like it better be when we hated everything. the Big Ten. I don't know about show. you people, but. Uh, it's, uh, I, I'm not sure I feel good about being friends with Elliot, Paul, uh, joining hands Paul, with Elliot. you know Elliot. my website. You know my website, don't you? The SEC is overrated.com. You know that one? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, what's it called? The SEC is overrated.com. Oh, wow. I've, I've, have you ever been to that website? Has anybody ever been? Has anyone uh, ever been? Let's drive some traffic, Paul. Let's drive some traffic. Okay, don't go anywhere. I want to check this out, see if my computer gets oh, it, because we have a lot of restrictions on ESPN computers. The there's, SEC there's is overrated. Okay, I'm there now. There is a uh, okay. picture of uh, there, there's a picture of a clown at, uh, on the front page. Oh. oh no, there's not. There's an open letter to the SEC in there. There's no Paul. such thing. The over overrated. I guess I need to learn how to spell it right. The or SEC is overrated. Over. Uh, I can't even get that on. Uh, it's just like Ohio State Paul starts with the the uh, SEC. My my uh, SEC uh, loaded computer will not get that website. I've got a picture of uh, <laughs> on my website. I've got a picture of Nick Saban holding up uh, seven national championship trophies. Uh, Logan is up next. Good Friday, Paul and Randy. How are you guys doing? Hey, if you're paying callers, man, um, I got to let you know you got one cheating on you. My friend texted me, said there's been a gym siding on the local show here, and all he was doing was complaining about how he was treated on the Paul Feinbaum show. <laughs> so <laughs> let me see if I understand this correctly. Jim from Tuscaloosa, who quit this show, is calling in. A, where, where, which, what, what market is this now? I think it's Tuscaloosa. So he's calling in a Tuscaloosa radio show to complain about how he was mistreated here. Yeah, it's the same show that Bama Nick calls now, I think. It's kind of like the graveyard for uh, quitters of the Feinbaum show. Wow. 
Can you imagine your uh, moniker being, hey, welcome to the show in the afternoon here. We're where dead Feinbaum callers go to die. (laughs) Uh, He said that Jim was the first caller today, too. So you take that for what it's worth. I don't know. Maybe he did quit the show. I am really glad. By the way, you used the word cheating. Uh, That's a strong word for... Sorry, man. I don't think you pay your callers. I was strong word for a guy that (laughs) uh, has been uh, defrocked. I mean, Jim, Jim didn't just quit this show, Logan. Yep. He got into a battle with JB, uh, Johnny B. Good. Johnny B. G. And got taken behind the woodshed, undressed. What else happened? I mean... I mean, you go behind that barn. He 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 can go behind uh, just your regular. It was a country boy. It was a country boy, a kicking. Yeah, he got destroyed. He got I destroyed. Mean, I was watching live. He was down to one tooth at the end. Yeah, he. <laughs> it wasn't he his. He didn't yes. have power. No, he it was. I mean, listen, we we had we we have fun with collar feuds. We're we're not about violence here. This was violent. It was. This, this very was violent. considered the biggest beatdown in the history of the show. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a fantastic caller feed, man. And Jim, as usual, just quit, hung up in the middle of the call. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'll, yeah, there's a lot of other things I would say, but I can't say them because uh, I work for a family <laughs> company. Right. Well, uh, have you seen our favorite uh, Alabama Senator Trubbeville, what he said this morning? Uh, I did catch some of that on uh, some network. Yeah, he's totally oblivious about that new ruling. He had no idea what was going on. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.